Oh, we're all getting excited. <laughs> Day five. Here we are. Positive change powered by sports. I'm kind of losing my voice. I can't even imagine what it takes to call three basketball games in the same week. Holy cow. This guy has not only uh, – Brian Haney is here. I'm so glad that he's joined me to partner on this final day of March Gladness. Uh, before the madness, let there be gladness. Uh, listened to him last night, call the game up in Lawrence. Uh, listened to him Tuesday night, call the game down in uh, 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 wait, Fort, Worth. Fort Worth. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and then tomorrow he's got Texas at home, senior night. Uh, but in between it all, he's decided to lend his voice to us today um, so graciously. And uh, maybe uh, thinking back twice, he, he probably thinks, man, maybe I shouldn't have done this. <laughs> no, man. <laughs> Tremendous cause. You're a fantastic guy. I'm thrilled to be here with you, Bill. And uh, been looking forward to this for a while. We didn't know at the time we scheduled it that we would have Three games in five days, four games in eight days, and all the senior day festivities going on. So it's a busy time down in Lawrence right now, but also a really exciting time as the Jayhawks are this close, I mean so close, to a 20th Big 12 championship in 26 years in the Big 12 Conference as a league. And I'll tell you what, man, uh, it, it obviously was tough sledding last night for the bulk of that game. We had to grind it out to get it. But they found a way, as they almost always do in the fog, where Bill Self has a 95% home court winning percentage. And so if we can just get one more tomorrow at 3 o'clock and extend an astounding record of 38 consecutive senior day wins, then we'll have another one of these, baby. Yeah, baby. These, these rings there it is. These Big oh, 12 titles. We're this close to adding another one tomorrow I love if the it. Hawks can get it done. Well, that that team is good. That TCU team is athletic all over the place. It seemed like every time we thought we had an open man, it wasn't open. They weren't open. No, no. It's, it's a <laughs> down handful. In, down there it happened the same thing. Right? Absolutely. One of a handful of teams this year that's just a bad matchup for right. us from an athleticism perspective. Right. Kentucky comes to mind. The speedy Baylor guards that we couldn't stay in front of come to mind. And then TCU as well. But uh, Jamie Dixon's done a great job at his alma mater. His sixth season down there, this is his best team. But the play of the game, and I, and I think p- turn the game was Juan Harris. Juan Harris. That block that he had, uh, final play of the game, was just freaking unbelievable. So I think he had his best half as a Jayhawk. It might have been his best total game, but particularly the second half. Because if you look at where he was at heading in, he was scoreless his last two games, 0 for his last nine shots. Then he opens last night 1 of 5. Short on everything. Short on everything. And we're thinking, man, don't throw it to Juan. <laughs> and then he steps up and hits the three. He's a 28% three-point shooter. Right. They leave him wide open. He has the confidence to take it and make it. And it got the lid off for him. He hit his last four shots, two steals, one big block, numerous other hustle plays right. to help the team out. He's a glue guy, man, and Self loves him. He may not be the biggest guy. He may not be the fastest guy in sliding his feet on defense, but he's a winner. And the and, other guy that had quietly an incredible second half was Jalen Wilson. I, I mean, he got beat up. Like, he was getting pounded in the face. It seemed like every time he went up for a rebound, he would get raked across the face. And he made a steal that was, you know, that, you know, you know, pick and go. You know, it was it was it was an awesome game. I loved it, and I loved your call, and I loved that we won. Um, I was a little afraid, but because uh, what did TCU shoot in the second half? Was it, it had to be over seventy percent? 
It felt like it in the first 10 minutes. They cooled the, down the stretch. But, yeah, they were getting everything early. You're absolutely right. But, uh, but now we're thrilled we got the win and uh, excited to honor six special seniors tomorrow. But before we do any of that with Senior Day talk and Christian Brown coming up here in the right. next hour, uh, we're just talking about March Gladness, baby, and a tremendous cause that you've spearheaded here. Well, that's nice of you. Um, let's let everyone know uh, we're celebrating a month a uh, long campaign to raise money to help reconnect kids to sports. And we're doing this with, with a partnership with Big, Big Brothers and Big Sisters. I was on Fox 4 this morning with my good friend Kim uh, Burns and uh, Nick Vassos, who I went to high school with. And um, we got to tell the story of why we're doing this. I had Big Brothers and Big Sisters on with me. Uh, and w- what is happening here, Brian, is we are creating a fund that we can deliver small grants, what we're calling micro-grants, into the hands of big bros and big sisters so they can walk their littles into league offices, into summer camps, or into the right sporting goods store to get them a higher quality sports experience so it improves their life. You know, Because sports has this remarkable way of impacting kids in, in giving them more than just the idea of getting to play with their friends. They get life skills out of sports. You watch these college players where how they develop life skills and they go on to do great things in life because sports kept them tied to something bigger than themselves. Absolutely. Not just about physical fitness, about nope. teamwork, about you know putting we before me and, and some of those types of principles that will help you in your career one day, that will help you be a better husband, father, mother, daughter, whatever. And uh, we're thrilled to bring on some guests today that will share their thoughts on that as well over the next two hours. But I love this initiative you've started, especially on the heels of the pandemic and everything, all the inactivity that caused when we had to shelter in place to get the kids back out being active again, and as you said, giving them a higher caliber sports experience than they might have been able to afford otherwise. So we're going to get to great guests, but I want to talk about Brian Haney for a second. Just let you uh, share a little bit about your passions. Um, You've got an incredible nonprofit yourself uh, that you have tied yourself to and that you uh, raise money for every year uh, through different um, events and different ways of of expressing the needs of of young kids that are suffering from cancer. Let's talk a little bit about that program and and how you got involved in it and what it means to you. Thanks a lot. I appreciate that, Bill. Yeah, the Rock Chalk Round Ball Classic is getting set for its 14th year. Uh, We hope this year, if uh, you bid on enough silent auction items, we'll surpass a million dollars raised in our 14 years, which this started at very humble beginnings. $5 tickets, $1 hot dogs, to see about 14 (laughs) former Jayhawks come back and play ball. Now we get 60 former Jayhawks back every year to Lawrence. We have a game, we have a gala, and we're replacing golf with bowling now because we found that more of these younger Jayhawk players, the alums that come back from the self era, they're not the big golfing types. <laughs> and and it's, it's all about pairing these celebrities with sure. the folks that want to donate to help pediatric cancer. And so we found if you pack a bowling alley on 40 lanes of 40 different Jayhawk greats, that's way more interactive and fun. And they're able to you know bounce around from lane to lane and greet other folks as opposed to just being on you know one cart on the golf course. So we're going to do that June the 16th through the 18th. And we're fired up about that that's for our great. 14th year and hoping to raise 200,000 plus this year well, to get over let's, a million. let's do another radio show in June and, and, and promote it. Uh, We'd through, love that. Through the radio yeah. station and, yeah. and we'll, uh, see if Chad will let us get on the big station and, and let people know and get more and more people involved since we are the home of the Jayhawks. Uh, we, we, you get to hear Brian Haney's voice on the 810 dial when he's calling the games. Um, the, 
the development of an event like this, I, I love how you strategized that you thought, you know, golf is good, but, you know, I, I did the same thing with Top Golf. You know, it's it's nice to go out on a golf course and think that you're going to have foursomes. In the, but what you realize is what people get mo- more out of these events is when they can connect and, and they can have yes. some time, you know, press hands with some of these players and, exactly. and get to see them uh, have fun. And, and that's what's been neat for me as we make this about the philanthropic side of it, to see these student athletes that are now grown men and women. We get some former women's basketball players back, too, realize that they still have a platform. They still have a position of influence to make a difference from, even 15 years removed from their career. Heck, we got Darnell Valentine back 30 years removed from his career. (laughs) We had Darnell Valentine throwing an alley-oop dunk to Ben McLemore. You talk about bringing two Jayhawk generations worlds apart together. Ted Owens era to Bill Self era. That's so awesome. And and so that's the type of kind of fantasy matchups you get when you get all these different guys coming back. But but yeah, a chance to uh, connect with these Jayhawk greats and to do it in the name of a great cause. Kind of an unknown fact. My my sister went out with Darnell Valentine, so there you go. Really? <laughs> when they were in college, yeah. How about that? Did she have to uh, take a number? Uh, no. He, you I know, heard he was pretty popular. He was popular. Um, she was cute. I mean, she was in, uh, they had, they had uh, a chance to go out, and they, they only went on one date. And My mom, she date, she knew Wilt Chamberlain. She, she uh, was up at KU, so uh, long legacy. Uh, th- talk about the KU fan. Talk about the basketball fanatic, um, what that means to a, a, a university to have a passionate fan base that, you know, through thick and thin, mostly thick, uh, you, know, <laughs> um, you know, supports everything and dies on the on, on the vine when it comes to wins and losses. Yeah, we have such a tremendous fan base that obviously has been spoiled with ridiculous success <laughs> in terms of consistency in the regular season. What Bill Self has given us for 19 years, and we may talk with him later today, it's just off the charts. But our fans are diehard. They're passionate. Kansas basketball, in so many ways, is is that third professional sports franchise before, of course, Sporting KC got big. Now, of course, we have them as well. But in terms of, like, Royals, Chiefs, and then you thought of Kansas basketball, right? right. I mean, it was a year-in, year-out national title contender with Roy Williams and Bill Self these last 34 years, having the greatest winning percentage of the 90s under Williams and now the greatest regular season success and consistency and dominance under Self. I mean, had a bracket come out, Bill, when the pandemic hit in 2020, that would have been Self's eighth one seed in a 12-year stretch. Amazing. That's Alabama football, college yeah. football playoff Just type amazing. consistency. And so we're really lucky, and the fans obviously are, are really supportive. I've got one more question. We're going to go to break. Um, then we're going to have Christian Brown that we interviewed Christian last week. You and I did together, which it's, it's taped. And then um, we're going to have Blue Cross and Blue Shield Emily Snow call in, and, and you're going to enjoy meeting her and talking with her. But you have done such a great job of bringing attention and hyping up this new football uh, staff and this new set of football coaches um, led, you know, led first of all by the transition to a new athletic director, Travis Goff. There's a new energy in the athletic department up at KU. It's, it's undoubted. You, you yeah. just have to walk through the halls. You just feel it. Even in Coach uh, Self's face, you can kind of see he's, he's confident that this team of people that have been assembled by Travis is the right team. Um, I had the opportunity to talk with a, a a preferred walk-on that decided to go to KU. His parents went to MU, and he's going to play football for for Coach Leopold. And he said there's a difference up there. Something's changed. You've been talking KU football, hyping KU football through a lot of crappy administrations. (laughs) 
having to do your job, having to do what you're paid to do. Sure. How hard is that as a person, you know, just, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, but that's got to be a hard thing to do when you know it's not quite the right person. It's not, this is not quite the right thing. You even witness it might not be happening the way it should. It's interesting you phrase it that way because you're right. As the mouthpiece for the university, whether it's Wyatt Thompson, Voice of the Wildcats, <laughs> or, or, or me with the Jayhawks, you always need to see the glass half full. You always need to look for the positives, accentuate those positives in your messaging. I would never give up there, get up there and, and tell a fan base that I thought a coach was going to be a hero if I didn't think he had anything to, to right. his, his coaching talents. But in this case, when I tell you Lance Leipold is the right fit at the right time, he connects with Kansas coaches across the state in terms of recruiting. He's as detail-organized as anybody we've had since Mark Mangino. Uh, you know, he's won at every level now, and the high major level obviously is the toughest. The fastest I mean, to 100 wins than exactly. anyone else ever. Seven national championships at the D3 <laughs> level, and then he goes to back-to-back-to-back bowl games up there at Buffalo, and everywhere he's been, he's been a winner. Uh, when I tell you I'm fired up because in six months' time from when he got in, at the end of spring ball, he, remember his first day on campus was the spring game. So he yeah. had zero practices with these guys right. to where they were at by November when all of a sudden you're winning at Texas and you almost won at TCU the very right. next week after over a decade of not winning any <laughs> Big 12 road games. No. You know, it's amazing what he did in half a year. Now give him a full off season, give him a full recruiting class. I'm telling you, and I mean this 100% sincerely, of all the guys I've had a chance to be around, he impresses me the most. His staff is impressive. They're relentlessly hard hard workers, as I said, they're detail-organized and oriented, and I think he connects with the student-athletes, with the coaches across the state that you're trying to get the best players from in ways that perhaps his predecessors didn't. That's great to know. Well, we uh, interviewed Lance Conley early, earlier this week, the father of, of Quentin Conley, and it's a really good, if you're a Jayhawk fan, you want to uh, hear it from, from a dad, he's a Missouri Tiger, and he talks about KU in a, in a really positive way, uh, check that out, we'll have that posted on uh, our, our social so you can hear it. Uh, we're going to go to break and when we come back you get to hear from he hit two major threes last night. I mean those threes were so big that Christian Brown hit. <laughs> no doubt. And, and he turned down one before that. They got his tail on the bench and self said listen man you're the best shooter we got. We need you to take step up shot. and take the shot. And by God, did he ever. <laughs> yeah. He knocks down two huge ones and a couple of big free throws as well. Yep. I think he got his swagger back last yeah, night. We're good. excited to bring you Christian Brown when we come back. We'll be back right after this. This is Bill Brandmeyer with Share Waves. This is, you know, March Gladness Week, man. And uh, it's our pop-up radio show week long. We've been interviewing all kinds of great people, listening to their stories about how sports has been so transformative in their lives and what that has meant to them. You know, thanks to 810 WHB and, and uh, the, the union broadcasting team helping me pull this all together. It's been an amazing week so far. I, and I really appreciate you being a part of it. Absolutely. I'm thrilled. You know, I think our next guest is the idol of a lot of Kansas kids who emulate him on the driveway, taking the big shot, wanting to be the next CB. And so I want to talk to him what he was like as a kid wanting to be a future college basketball star. So I'm really thrilled with who we have coming up next. Well, I, uh, I'm Bill Brandmeyer with ShareWave. So glad that you uh, took some time to join us today. We're being broadcast on 94.5 ESPN and 1510 AM, um, talking about the power of sports to transform our lives, to transform the community. Uh, you've always been a sports person. You've born into a sports family. Tell us a little bit about your background uh, what your parents taught you and how sports has played a role in really 
really making you who you are as a person? Yeah, I would say that that sports honestly has shaped my whole life in so many ways. You know, I grew up in a small town. Um, all I knew was honestly was outside and sports, um, just activity. So, you know, I grew up in a family where my mom played basketball. Uh, my uncles, my aunts all played basketball in Missouri. My, my dad played basketball. Um, and then obviously I played basketball. My brothers played basketball. Um, you know, so we grew up, like I said, in a small town playing every single sport. Um, and, it, and it really has shaped my life. It's changed my life for the better. Obviously, I'm at the University of Kansas now, um, you know, on a scholarship, which obviously can change my life in so many ways. Um, so I'm so thankful for sports. I'm going to send a lot for me. That's hey, Christian, let, let's go back, though. Think about this. You're at KU, and you're playing a top five team in the country, big-time player, starter. But when you go back and you think about when you started playing when you are a young kid, even in the sixth, seventh grade, playing like back from Ocan, undersized guard, played hard, Right. You had a you had a vision for the future, but people probably didn't think ah, he's going to be a high level player playing the NBA. What did it take for you to keep that mindset to stay with it when other people didn't believe so much? And before even you started growing into your body more. Yeah, it was it was tough. Um, I have a really good support system. Um, like you said, you mentioned Mocan. So they have they have really good mentors, really good coaches. Um, so there's a lot of credit that goes to them. Uh, but my family and my parents um, and mom and dad, you know, always instilled confidence in me. Um, you know, they didn't let me, uh, they didn't let me, you know, slip, um, you know, when it comes to being in the gym or, you know, you know, just staying positive. And like you said, I was an undersized guard, um, was never the most talented player in any gym I walked into. Um, I just knew that I had to work. Um, and it was something that I really wanted um, and I was passionate about. Uh, obviously, I had, you know, a family that all played sports at a high level. Um, so, you know, I had that confidence knowing that, that, that my family did it um, and knowing that's that's kind of what I feel like I was here for. You know, that's that's what I was meant to do was play basketball at a high level. Um, and, and like I said, I grew up in a small town. I always dreamed of playing at Kansas and playing in the NBA. Um, you know, so just to see that those dreams are coming true um, and then they're all achievable um, also was, you know, was a big part of that. The thing about this, kids nowadays, they want the instant gratification. I want to be successful now, right? You didn't even, like, it was almost about your junior year going in and playing on the circuit. You weren't getting recruited by KU. You are starting to get some interest from people. But a lot of individuals, like, don't get maybe people recruiting them or don't get the success early and they stop. What can you say to them to keep that drive and keep believing and keep saying after? Because then you competed in that 17-under year, and you played against people that were ranked higher than you, and you had better games than them, put yourself on the map and staying with that confidence to believe in yourself, even going against people that perceived to be better than you. Yeah, you see it, you see it all the time. Like you said, um, you know, kids lose hope um, as, as they go. But, you know, I always look at it as it takes one person to believe in you. Um, you know, it takes one really good game. Uh, it, it just takes one. So, you know, you see all these kids that are coming up, and they think that just because of a ranking or, you know, that, that, that makes them, you know, down about themselves. But like I said, it only takes one person to believe in you. Um, and if you just have confidence and you continue to work every day, um, you know, there's, there's no goal that you can't achieve. Um, and I, I'm a pretty good example of it just because, like you said, I, you know, I wasn't ranked. I wasn't, you know, I was pretty under-recruited. Um, and so I got older um, and I could have shut down and quit. But, you know, like I said, I had a great support system and great people around me. Um, and I just trusted the work. Um, and that, that's what got me. One other question I want to ask you, I was at the Kentucky game this year and I was sitting about, I was behind the Kentucky bench and I was going to say something to you, but I didn't want to distract you, but you guys get handled by Kentucky in that game. Right. Right. And what can you tell me? Like, 
when a team goes through adversity like that and people think, oh, KU's not very good, they get pummeled at home, what do you do to keep your mindset to stay positive going through those challenges and keep your teammates together to go for that, you know, common goal of what you're going after? Yeah, four straight wins. Yeah, right? we, <laughs> yeah, yeah. We, we for sure got handled that game pretty bad. Uh, but, that, you know, it humbled us a little bit. Um, it helped us get back on track, honestly, you know. Coach always tells us you can't, you know, when you lose, you know, you can't, you can't go apart. You have to use it as a lesson. Um, so we got, you know, we're on a roll now. Uh, I think we learned more from that game, you know, you know, than, than we did lost from it. So um, we knew that that game was something that didn't affect our goals going forward. Um, you know, it's a game that we wanted to win in front of our fans and at home, but it was a game that didn't affect, um, you know, us winning the Big 12 or us winning the Big 12 tournament and getting the one seat. Um, so it, it taught us a lot. It showed us that, you know, we have a lot of work to do. Um, so, you know, uh, they're, you know, they're a really good team. They're playing at a high level at the, at the time. Um, and they still are. So it taught us a lot. Um, but taking from that, we learned a lot from it. Um, we're playing a lot better because of that loss. CB, hey, Brian Haney here. Great to have you on the show. I want to take you even further back in time than Jim did. He had you back in your Mocan high school days. I want to talk about CB as a kid because you mentioned you had that dream of playing high major college basketball, maybe even for KU. So as we're inspiring kids all week long here to be active, get out there and play, use sports to better your life, take us back in time to your childhood. When you were on the driveway setting up that game-winning shot scenario, were you trying to emulate Mario Chalmers in the 08 Final Four? Were you emulating another Burlington kid in Tyrell Reed? Whose name were you calling out? Because I imagine kids all across the state today are calling out Christian Brown's name when they emulate their hero nowadays. Yeah, I would say that, um, like you said, that's, you painted a pretty good picture in the driveway, um, you know, counting down, uh, stuff like that. That's what, you know, every kid does. And it's, you know, it's, it's crazy to think that, you know, back then I probably didn't think I could ever be this or, you know, I could ever be one of those guys. But, you know, now I'm in their shoes. I'm just looking at it from a different, different perspective. So it's really cool you know, to see that you can achieve those things. And I would say that for me, I didn't even believe that I could achieve those things in high school, honestly. Um, it was something that everybody, you know, you always say that, oh, yeah, I think I'm going to do this. But I didn't really believe it. Um, but, you know, just like I said, it just takes trust in the work. Um, and honestly, like you said, who am I looking up to? I was looking up to every every KU player. Honestly, I was the biggest KU fan you could find. Um, so was it Tyrell Reed, Mario Chalmers? Um, it, was, it was all of them. I was a big a really big KU fan. Uh, I was a really big NBA fan. I just love sports, honestly. And at that time, I said, like I said, I was playing every sport. So I thought I was going to be a football player. I thought I was, you know, I thought I was going to be everything. So, um, but but it was really cool, um, you know, to watch Tyrell growing up. You know, he was a hero of mine. Um, and it was cool for me just because he was so close. Like he lived in the same town, you know, went to the same schools. Um, and just seeing him him do that, it makes it feel so, you know, so real. And, and it makes it feel achievable. So, for young kids watching, you know, uh, and listening, just, you know, find a person that you that you uh, love and, and copy what they do. You know, they worked hard to get there. So if you do that, you know, you can achieve it. You know, the whole idea of March Gladness is to raise attention about the impact COVID's had on kids and separating them from, you know, their normal lives. Uh, let's talk a little bit about what COVID meant to you and you as a KU student and a, as a, you know, high-level basketball player. Um, obviously having sports and having your team, having your coach coaches to, to kind of uh, turn inward and, and close, you know, have, have close relationships. 
helped you a lot. Talk a little bit about the experience of COVID, what it, what it was like when you guys got shut down two years ago, you know, in, in the frustrations, and then what it has meant the last two years to at least have practice to go to and in games to prepare for. Uh, so my freshman year when we were at the Big 12 tournament, uh, honestly, in the time, I would say the day we got shut down, um, I didn't realize how much looking back it would affect me. Uh, you know, uh, I would say that we were sad that, the that you know, because we were about to play. So we were sad that the game was canceled and we really didn't know what was going to happen going forward. Um, but that team was really good. We were, you know, we were on a hot streak. We had Devon, Doak, Marcus Garrett, Oach. Like we had a, we had a lot of really good players on that team. Uh, we we're going to be a number one overall seed. So looking back now, honestly, it hurts me more looking back. Like, man, we could have been national champions. Uh, so that, you know, that hurts, obviously. Uh, but just the, the COVID experience my sophomore year of the season, it's just not the same. You know, you don't you don't get the same feeling of running onto the court with the fans cheering. Uh, we, we were isolated from everybody. We're practicing. We see the same people every day. Uh, you don't get to see anybody but your teammates. So, you know, it, it took a toll on everybody. And I think it set a lot of people back. Uh, but, you know, we learned a lot from that. Um, I, I built a lot of really good relationships with my teammates, you know, in those times. So I'm, I'm not going to say I'm not thankful for those times. Um, I, and I learned a lot. And I think I grew a lot as a person. Uh, but like I said, it set, it set a lot of people back. You know, it's tough to get gym time, you know, in the, in the uh, you know, the quarantine days. It's tough to get gym times. And you wanted to work. You wanted to be with your friends. But uh, honestly, during during the, you know, when we were quarantined at my house, it's pretty crazy. We live, I live with a lot of a lot of really good basketball players. So, you know, we, we can always go to a gym and have five or six of us at least. Uh, so, you know, we had the guys in my house. So I had a pretty good time. And like I said, I got to spend time with, with people that, you know, I grew up with. So I'm, I'm, I'm thankful for it. Um, but, you know, it's, it's not something I want to go back to, obviously. Well, we're winding down our time. Jim's got another question, and then we'll close out and let Brian kind of talk a little bit about, you know, what, what we got going tomorrow with Texas. Yeah. Hey, Christian, one thing I want to get into is like, I've always seen you as being a great teammate, uh, you know, from your youth days to high school days, you know, with Dewan playing with him and how you care and about your teammates. And I, I want to ask you this, like with all the struggles of the mental health challenges we're going through with anxiety, depression, with the stress that people are facing, what do you suggest individuals and maybe what you do as a teammate to check in with your teammates to make sure they're okay? to help them out, especially if they're going through struggles and challenges? Great question. Yeah, I would say that for, for me, um, I've learned so much just from different teammates, you know, having people from different backgrounds. Uh, the one thing I've, I've taken away from each player, you know, that I've got to know is you never know what somebody's going through um, and people can hide it. You know, they can, they can, they can try to go to practice every day and not show it. Um, and you gave a great example when Dewan Harris, um, you know, a guy has been through a lot. Um, you know, you just got to love everybody. You got to treat everybody with kindness um, every day and just be kind. I think Ochai Abadi does a really good job of telling people that. Um, but you just got to be kind and make sure you're checking in on your people, you know, your loved ones. Tell, tell your people you love them um, and make sure make sure you care for everybody because you never know. You know, people people go through a lot of different struggles and, you know, you could be having having a, you know, a great a great week. Um, while the person next to you is trying to hide that they're having a, having a really, uh, you know, a still week that's a, a struggle and they're going through a lot of things. So you just got to be kind to people, you know, like I said, make sure you're checking in on people you love. Um, and, it, and it goes a long way, you know, just to ask somebody how they're doing and checking on their mental state. CB, before we let you go tomorrow, Kansas and Texas, three o'clock, six special seniors will be honored. Usually we have two or three. What a great group. If you'd speak to their legacy collectively, but also, 
38 consecutive wins on senior day. That's like two of your lifetimes. What is it about Kansas in the fog on senior day? You almost always make sure these guys go out on top. Yeah, I would go back to uh, last year's last year's senior night game against Baylor. You know, they were probably the hottest team in the country. Uh, and, you know, we beat them pretty good at home. So, you know, we're always turned up for that game. We're excited, um, you know, for the Texas game senior night. Uh, but I'm excited just for, you know, the guys that are being honored. You know, Ocha had a great career. Chris Tehan, you know, all the, all these guys that, you know, have impacted this program so, you know, so much since they've been here. Um, you know, there's a lot of guys that, that came here for like a, a quick, you know, a quick year. Um, they're going to be honored that also changed this program and even made a lot of changes in Lawrence. Like, you know, Jalen Coleman-Lance is doing great things for kids in Lawrence now. Um, so all these guys that are being honored, you know, some were here for a long time and some were here for, you know, uh, just a quick year, a quick year or two. Um, but they all had an impact on the program. And I think that's really special, you know, when you get that many guys um, that have made an impact and just left the program in a better spot. Um, you know, than, than it was when they got here. And, you know, that's always the goal. Hey, you're you know, talking so about and, and, and Mitch Lightfoot was here. Mitch Lightfoot was here when that 38 year streak first started. So we got yeah, out of him too. The old man. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say that too. Hey, Christian Tian's got his t shirts, man. Got the mullet, got that stuff going. Christian, I heard you got a t shirt coming out. Is that true? Yeah. Yeah, I do. I do. How I can do. people find the t shirt? We, yeah, let's I, get, I, don't, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can, I can promote that on here, but. Okay. Uh, no, no, you can. As, as a matter of fact, I want you to sign one, and I want to auction it off. So we'll talk about that later. <laughs> All right, we, we, we'll talk about that out there. And I'm going to get you guys some March Gladness T-shirts. I'm bringing them up uh, so that uh, everybody can have one because I want you to all celebrate it. I, I met uh, Jankovic yesterday in a class. I, I came up and I taught. But uh, the whole idea here is is really to, to bring attention to what's happened with kids and COVID. You just did a great job of articulating what it's meant to you to, to be connected to a team and how they held you up. And I just really appreciate you spending time with us right now talking about this because, you know, the madness is about to begin, right? Next week, we're all going to be in, in it. And, um, you know, it's going to take our, our attention away from the fact that two years ago, we, we were shut down as a, as a society and, and it uh, did a number on all of our kids. So um, really having you on has been an honor for me and, and uh, you know, having these guys join me have just been great. So thank you so much. Yeah, thank and, you guys. I enjoyed it. to close, Brian, anything? Nah, go get a win tomorrow, CB. Thanks for the time, buddy. Downtown Christian Brown. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. <laughs> Love it. Thank <laughs> yes, you. Yes, sir. Thank you, guys. All right. Take care. Well, guys, that was awesome, uh, and uh, I really appreciate it. And uh, we're going to come back next hour. This is going to be incredible. So everybody stay tuned. You're listening to March Gladness on ESPN uh, 94.5 and 1510 AM. I'm Jim Hoover and Brian Haney, and we're not, we're not going anywhere. So keep listening. Thank you. Be back. Hey, Coach, it's Phil Brandmeier. Thank you for joining us uh, on March Gladness, Change Powered hey, by I'm, Sports. I, I, I'm here, Bill. I'm here, Bill. How you doing? I'm doing good, sir. We got Brian Haney, Bill Brandmeier. We're talking with Coach Bill Self. How you feeling? A busy week, man. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm scrambling and, and uh, a lot going on, a lot of balls in the air. Of course, you got six seniors tomorrow. So it's a, it's a, a busy time, but a fun time. You know, we – we put ourselves in a position where we we gotta play really well. And last night we squeaked by, and we gotta play a little bit better tomorrow to have a good chance. And hopefully we'll do that. Oh, well, I appreciate uh, you taking time out of your busy schedule to be with us. Um, great game last night. I felt like uh, you guys toughed it out like crazy. Um, the uh, power of sports is alive and well in in Lawrence, Kansas. 
Well, yeah, it is. You know, we've had a good year in, in large part because of, you know, our, our, our Kansas City natives. I mean, uh, uh, CB and Oach have both been terrific all year long, and CB made some great plays down the stretch yesterday, and Oach was pretty rock solid start to finish. And and uh, But those guys have done well, and it, it's really good to see, you know, our local guys do well and be supported like they are. Go ahead. Coach, I know your primary focus is beating Texas, but as you mentioned, you're going to honor six seniors tomorrow. Can you speak briefly on this special group, particularly the guys that have been with you for four or six years in Mitch's case? Yeah, well, you know, we have two newbies in, in Jalen, uh, uh, Coleman, Lands, and, and Remy, and then and then we've got six vets in, in uh, uh, David, Oach, Chris, and then, of course, Mitch. And so uh, – yeah, I'm excited about that. I don't know who's going to start tomorrow, but I know Chris, Oach, David, and Mitch will. We'll, we'll figure out the other one later on, but they've already had their senior days, even though this will be a very special one for them tomorrow. But uh, very proud of them. They've all you know, put their handprint all over this program and in their own special, unique ways, and, and uh, we're certainly much better off having them here than if they weren't here. So uh, it's, it's a really solid group, as everyone knows. Coach, I love what happens to players that come into your program because you change these young men into uh, in, incredible individuals. Uh, your program has consistently put out high-level, talented uh, men in, into our world, and I just want to thank you for everything you do to mold these kids into the, the, great, ki- the great people that they become. Well, well, first of all, I, I agree with you. We've got great kids, and, and uh, but we... You know, other people have great kids too, and, and uh, uh, but we've we've certainly been blessed to have uh, 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 more than our fair share of special young men. But the, the thing about it is that uh, uh, you know we coach them and we're around them for you know one to four years, or Mitch's case six. But uh, and, <laughs> and hopefully, hopefully we play a role in their maturity and development. But the bottom line is the families, the parents, the grandparents—they deserve all the credit for, for uh, the habits and, and uh, the type of individuals these guys are long before they get to us. And so we're spe- it's a special group in large part because we have special families. Really well said. And before we let you go, I was talking with Erica and Alofu Abaji last night, two of the best Jayhawk parents we've had in the self-era, no doubt. Their son, a humble superstar. In some ways, he reminds me of Devontae Graham with all he's achieved and yet still so respectful, humble, grateful to be there at Kansas. What, what a great example of what you're describing when it comes to high-character kids. Oh, yeah, yeah. He's, he's fantastic. And, you know, you were talking to another one right there before we got on in Christian. Yep. Uh, uh, you know, all, all our guys are, and they've all got their own special stories. And, and you know, other people's other people do as well it's just it's just that sometimes ours are a little bit more publicized because of the the attention our program gets but uh yeah i'm really proud of these guys and and and, and uh you know Devonte was different uh there's only one he's one of a kind but i will tell you ochai baji there's only one of a kind he's only one of a kind he he is in that same mold with Devonte and and uh, both of them have this similar impact at this place that, that the other one did. So I'm uh, I'm real excited about him. I'm hopeful he finishes strong tomorrow to to hopefully ensure the the fact that uh, uh, that his uh, his uh, name and and number will be hung in the rafters for the rest of eternity as long as Allen Fieldhouse is erect. Wow.
Well, thank you so much. Thanks for taking time out of your busy schedule. You're listening to March Gladness. This is Positive Change powered by sports. And Coach head, head Coach Bill Self is, uh, exemplifies all that we're trying to do, helping kids connect to life through the power of sports. We'll be back next. Emily Snow with Blue Cross and Blue Shield, thank you for coming on today. You're on with Bill Brandmeyer and Brian Haney. Positive Change powered by sports. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so glad to be here. And that was a great piece I just heard. <laughs> yeah, you know, Christian Brown um, has kind of set the standard. He comes from uh, Kansas City, went to Blue Valley Northwest. Uh, today, tragedy at Olathe East, a, a high school pretty close to Blue Valley Northwest. Um, there's a lot of pressure that is being placed on young people in our city. I want to talk to you about what you're sensing from your uh, vantage point as behavioral health expert for Blue Cross and Blue Shield. Um, are, you know, tell, talk to us a little bit about what you think is happening with our kids as we come out of COVID. Well, I, I think that it's just very fitting. We, I just was at a Healthy Casey lunch, uh, round table at the Kansas City Chamber, and we were just talking about our, our kids and, and kids who went through COVID and basically lost two years of emotional and social learning and what the ramifications of that are going to be. We are already seeing it uh, in hospital emergency rooms and inpatient psychiatric hospitals for kids. We, there are waiting lists and kids are boarding in hospital ERs waiting for an inpatient psychiatric bed because we have so many kids who are struggling with some of the, um, just the effects and the aftermath of the pandemic and just learning how to have uh, good social skills and be back in school. It's, it's creating a lot of stress for our youth. It's really at every level, too. I mean, if you, I, I think about my own family. Um, I have a 20, uh, about to turn 21-year-old daughter. Holy cow, I can't even believe it. Um, she was a, you know, a, a freshman, sophomore in high school when COVID hit, and they put masks on. She was in California. Everything got shut down, and it really changed the, the, uh, you know, her experience. And, and she's had to kind of reset her life based on the the uh, impact of covid then i think about my you know sophomore in high school daughter who's now a, now a senior same thing you know their experience is different and now and i also have a 13 year old son who was 11 when covid hit and you know i am a well resourced individual i can't imagine what these kids are going through at every single level of of engagement whether they're in kindergarten all the way through high school in a in a household where the resources aren't, you know, even it's not even fair. You're absolutely right, and really, the the biggest worry that I have about about these about our kids is that they missed out on the type of positive social connections that they receive through school, through teachers and counselors, and through their classmates and friends, uh, and and family members like relatives. Some of these our kids didn't see their grandparents for a year and a half until a vaccine was put into place. And we know that social connections, one good social connection can change the outcome of a child's life. And instead we're having kids who are really struggling with those connections right now. And they're struggling to access services to help them. And hence that's why they end up at a higher level of care, which can be even more traumatic. 
We're talking with Emily Snow. She's the Director of Behavioral Health Initiatives at Blue Cross and Blue Shield of Kansas City. She's also become a close friend of mine, and she's helping guide Sharewaves into this space that's uh, a little tricky. Um, you know, we, we need to come up with innovative solutions to help our kids heal, uh, reconnect, and thrive through this. And um, you have, you know, helped me understand that there's a lot more than sports that can help kids, but sports is a great way of helping kids get back to the social connections they're, they need and they're looking for. I absolutely agree. I was uh, just reading an article about sports and how it is so supportive um, of kids' mental health or adults' mental health, any type of physical activity, especially certain sports that include repeat pattern movement like swimming or, or something like that because it, it activates both sides of the brain. And that's so important. But we also have to acknowledge that our kids were um, kind of sheltered and not interacting or, you know, playing for, for two years. And that the pressure that comes along with, with sports also needs to just be acknowledged. And we just need to make sure our, our, our athletes know that um, it's okay if they're not doing all right and that they need to reach out to people. And that as a, as a team player, you should reach out to your peers if they seem off and just ask them, are you feeling okay? Do you need any help? Uh, because, the, you know, we went from no pressure, no, you know, very little responsibility other than making it through the school day back to a life that is full of activity. That, and that can be stressful for kids. We've seen that um, in, in the past. So it's important that, you, that we teach our, our players and our, and our kids that it's okay not to feel right and that they need to reach out and help each other. That's really insightful, Emily. Hey, this is Brian Haney, voice of the Jayhawks. Appreciate you being on with us. I love as you talk about the need for more social engagement after the kids have been cooped up in the pandemic to get them back in the schools. But what about the benefit of teamwork and and working together, striving for a common goal, whether it's baseball, basketball, the ultimate team game, football, just having that interaction with their peers and their teammates, striving to build something together and the positive impact that could have to socially reengage? That is absolutely so important because to many of these kids who haven't seen their coaches in a long time, uh, those are those people are the are people that are helping to raise our kids, and that and they are a po- they can have a very positive impact on our kids. And team sports are amazing, and they teach kids social skills, they teach kids resilience, um, they teach kids just they help kids uh, learn about loss and how to deal with loss, and they. Literally, sports are just literally uh, physically uh, effective in, um, in, in brain chemistry and helping kids with depression and things like that. And so it's a really a multifaceted benefit for our kids uh, to be involved in these things right now and to continue to be involved in sports. And I, um, I just hope that the, the kiddos who were looking for scholarships and things like that during the during COVID, um, got to uh, got to have their dreams fulfilled as well. But team sports are really, really vital to the success of many, many youth. Really well said, Emily. And you know, Bill, when I think about Bill Self. 
being on a second ago talking about these six Kansas seniors, particularly the guys that have known each other for four, five, and six years. These are friendships and, and lifelong relationships that they've built through team sports that obviously helps in so many ways psychologically, but the bonds these kids on a, on a much more micro level early in life can make that turn into lifelong friendships are huge as well when you talk about coming out of the pandemic when you haven't had that type of social interaction. It is. It's so important, and, and, and we, we show up for our teammates. You know, We learn how to win together, how to lose together. We learn how to fight through pressure together to to uh to cheer for one another it's one of the things i love about watching the ku bench uh is watching the players at the end of the bench get so excited for the what was what happens and then at the end of the game when when the end of the bench gets to go into the game all of the starters are cheering on their their teammates um and it uh you know sports does have that power to keep us bonded together and to really solidify uh the the fact that we need each other in order to make this uh, life a better life and uh the i don't i don't want to sports is such an amazing part of our lives in in every aspect um, I sent you a story earlier today because I wanted to talk a little bit about your uh, organization that you're on the board of, Emily. Um, uh-huh. the, the Stanford player, the senior, Kara uh, Pickett. Uh, she was a captain. Uh, she helped win the uh, national title when she was a freshman as a, goal t- a goalkeeper. Uh, she took her own life uh, this week. And it just shows you that this pressure that kids are carrying out of COVID is something that we all need to wake up and pay attention to. This is a critical issue, a national crisis, and it's affecting our kids, whether they're five years old, four years old, or whether they're in in college. And uh, as parents and as uh, teachers and as leaders, we have to equip ourselves to be able to respond and understand when kids are hurting. I, I couldn't agree more, and as I and I and I was so saddened to hear about the young lady. It was really, it's really, it's it's just horrible, and that's why I continue to just uh, remind people that it's okay if you're not doing well, and that we all need to ask each other and check in with each other and see how we're doing. Um, maybe uh, this young lady i you know i don't know her and i don't know the whole entire story but a lot of those people you know a lot of people who are very successful feel the pressure not to admit when they're struggling and so it's our job as coaches teachers social workers i mean anybody who has a connection it's our job to reach out and ask if somebody's okay you know what it doesn't it's okay to even ask somebody if they feel like they want to hurt themselves it's not going to make them try to hurt themselves. What it does is build up a trusting relationship where that person can open up and talk about their struggles. And you may save a life if you ask that question. Well, I want to talk a little bit about your organization uh, that you 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 have helped uh, mm-hmm. put together. Uh, tell us about it. Tell us what it's called and uh, how can people help you? Thank you so much. Um, I am on, I'm the president of the board of directors for the Kansas City Suicide Awareness and Prevention Program. Our website is www.kcsap.org, and our goal is to is is really to prevent suicide through education and partnering with other community partners who are doing work to prevent suicide and to uh, complete research on on reasons 
kind of reasons behind suicide and what makes someone have impulsive impulsive acts that lead to self-harm. And uh, our organization is, uh, excuse me, our organization really just works hard to uh, be a part of, of the community and help where we can and do everything we can to partner with people like you, Bill, to, uh, to prevent suicide and to make people feel educated about it and to erase the stigma associated with struggling with mental health. Well, we want to keep creating content that tells this story. We want to keep having those critical conversations um, and and help people drop the stigma of being afraid of talking about how we feel. Um, it, we got to be able to share ourselves with one another. And kids need to see parents modeling that. The kids need to know that their parents think it's okay that they might be hurting and they come home and they've had a bad day and they can have these conversations. The more we talk, the better. And, uh, it's, um, it's something that I don't think past generations that have, uh, you know, kind of tried to, you know, do the best they can with what they got. They, they just didn't teach us how to have these crucial conversations. And, uh, I'm glad that there's organizations like yours that's doing that. And, uh, as you and I have talked, there's a lot of conversations for you and I to have, to create these kinds of moments where we're teaching people um, how to open themselves up to to uh, to, to do this, so I'm uh, I'm looking forward to doing more things with you. I appreciate you taking the time to be a part of the Change Powered by Sports broadcast. Um, I think that what Blue Cross and Blue Shield does for our community uh, in in the ways that they reach out to the community to help help the community heal. Uh, is amazing. You got a great team, and uh, I just uh, want to thank you for being a part of this. Bill, thank you, and thank you for uh, what you're doing and bringing uh, bringing athletics and sports and mental health to the forefront because they're very well connected. Um, they they're they're connected in terms of health and in terms of connection with other people. That's right. Um, so I appreciate it, and I appreciate your time today. Thank, thank you, you so, so much. much. Well, everyone, uh, this is Bill Brandmeier with the Shareways Foundation. We are talking all week about the positive impact sports has on our lives. Uh, my relationship with Emily Snow started with the idea that movement is the medicine. Hey, it's a beautiful day. Get out and enjoy it. We'll be back right after this.